What's going on, Million of Minecast fam? I have an amazing guest for you guys today in my friend, Mr. Brian Johnson. He is somebody that I have followed and been influenced by for almost a decade now. And while you will hear many of his great success stories on building up businesses and having successful exits, he's probably one of the wisest, what I'll call a modern day philosopher, one of the wisest and most impactful teachers that I think is out on planet earth right now. And you're going to get a taste of it in some of our conversation tonight. This guy is a walking encyclopedia of all things good when it comes to giving you the tools, the training, the support, the resources to go out there and absolutely crush and flourish in life. He considers himself 50% philosopher, 50% CEO, and as you'll hear him say, 101% committed to helping create a world in which humanity is flourishing. And you'll see and hear how it all began with Philosopher's Notes. This was a platform that inspired me to start taking notes and sharing out for many of you who have been following me for you know, the decade that I've been putting out content and doing the podcast um, with Millionaire Notes. Those were inspired by Brian Johnson. Now he has continued to um, share his gift with so many people beyond Philosopher's Notes, which has evolved into what I think is probably going to be labeled as the best personal development platform on planet Earth here very, very soon. And that is with Heroic, which you'll hear more about that. But he has been somebody that is so wise, has trained tens of thousands of Heroic coaches from 100 plus countries from all over the world. And he's really found a way to boil down a science and a protocol that changes lives. And so I'm so excited for you to hear about his story and his journey. And we get into stoicism and philosophers and heroic virtues and overcoming grit and overcoming burnout and personal development. You know, this idea of how to be an active learner instead of what most people are considered a passive learner, even though they feel like they're engaged in, you know, putting their best foot forward. Overall, this was such a fun episode, one, because it's full circle and you'll hear my story of how he impacted me early on in my journey, but two, to see how he has continued to elevate and level up not only himself, but all of the people who come into his world. And he's working with insanely powerful and impactful groups from all over the world, governments, militaries, corporations, you name it. So I think you guys are going to really enjoy today's episode. If you enjoy it, all I'm asking, leave a review, share it out with somebody. That's all we care about on Millionaire Mindcast is getting more amazing people like you listening to more amazing guests like Brian. So with that being said, let's not waste any more time. Let's dig into today's episode with my friend Brian Johnson right after this quick message. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer 
and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Brian Johnson, what's going on, brother? Welcome to the show. Matthew, I'm thrilled to be here. Good to see you. You know, we um we were we were talking about, you know, kids and uh, you know, life uh, before we we jumped on here and um I I have kind of a fun and cool story for you. So when I was just about to have my first daughter, who's 9 now, um a friend of mine sent me this thing. You might have heard of it before, called Philosopher's Notes. And no, there, yeah. <laughs> and so it was kind of a full circle when I saw your uh, your your gal reach out and say, "Would you love to have Brian on the show?" And talking about Arte, which we'll share a little bit more today. I was like, "Man, how amazing and what a cool opportunity!" Because as I'm sure you hear from all kinds of people around the world that you don't know, just like I hear from people all around the world that listen to the podcast, one little thing that you know, you you said stuck with me and impacted me, you know, for many years to come as I became a dad and really started to prioritize, uh, you know, how I was spending my time. And um, so it was it was fun to, you know, see your face pop up on the screen today. I know we're gonna have a great conversation. And uh, I know that Philosopher's Notes has impacted a lot of people and you're working with Arte now. Um, so just wanted to say thanks, first and foremost, for jumping on here and uh, looking forward to some combo today. Dude, what a small world. Well, bless your friend. And uh, I right? did not know that. I appreciate you holding that reveal for the uh, official chat. I, I, um, I had to so make good. sure I, I, I sprinkled that in there at the beginning because you just never know who you're impacting and who you're touching. Mm -hmm. And there's a few people that you know have, have spoken some wisdom into my life and mentored me without even knowing mm -hmm. it. And you were one of those people. So it was great to have you on the show. Goosebumps, man. I'm honored. And I really appreciate you sharing that and um, send my love to your friend. So tell me, if for those that don't know about Philosopher's Notes and how you got into this, this kind of lane of stoicism and, and philosophy, and ultimately how it's tied into, you know, a, a complete business and ecosystem for your entrepreneurial journey. Where did this, you know, philosopher uh, you know, kind of birth within you. Yeah. Um, well, the, the quick biographical sketches, I've spent half of the last 25 years as a founder CEO. So I built and sold two social platforms before Facebook. 
24, 25 years old. You know, I won a business plan competition at UCLA's Anderson School. I hired the CEO of Adidas to replace me, hired a guy who wound up winning The Apprentice after working for me. Um, it was kind of the dot-com boom of the late 90s. I got my $5 million MBA as a 24, 25-year-old entrepreneur, you know? Market crashed in 2000. I had enough to take a few years off after I we sold it to one of our competitors and all that good stuff um, and transitioned and then um, spent a few years just reading and writing and thinking. I became a philosopher, a lover of wisdom, you know, studied Socrates in Athens, Jesus in Jerusalem, Rumi in Konya, Turkey, where he's buried, uh, Marcus Aurelius in the Danube near Hungary. Um, and then, you know, I started doing that and sharing the wisdom and I needed to make money again. And I didn't want to be kind of the normal self-help dude, you know, it just yeah. wasn't quite my thing. And yep. started my second business, which was before Facebook. MySpace was big. Um, and I raised a few million dollars for that. John Mackey of Full Foods invested, nearly bought our company, sold that to a different publicly traded company and had enough to take another, you know, a few years off. And uh, went deeper into studying ancient wisdom and modern science and really practical tools to help people be their best selves. And all of that evolved into um, my current company, which I have tattooed my body with, which, as oh, you know, dang, is- you are in, dude, baby. Dude, all in. Let's go, baby. I got two tattoos, which summarize my life. I got Arate, which is the summary of my philosopher identity, and then Heroic. We're a no. public benefit corporation. Uh, we made history as the first company to ever raise $5 million via the SEC's new crowdfunding regulations. Um, wound up raising 10 in an oversubscribed seed round, um, hired the company that built Slack, Tinder, Uber Eats, Elon Musk's new app, Neuralink, to build our app. Um, and we basically help people move from theory to practice to mastery together. And it's just on a mission to try to see if we can make a significant difference in the world. Um, and that's now a long answer to your question. But you know, philosopher CEO is kind of the integration of those two identities. And then uh, feel really blessed to do what I do. Philosopher's Notes was obviously part of that and all of the things we could talk about. Yeah. And and maybe we'll 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 unpack Arte, we'll unpack, you know, uh, heroic and and all of that. Cause, you know, there there was a, a statistic in there that I think is is mind-blowing for a lot of people to say somebody through their company has helped 10,000 plus coaches in I think a hundred different countries all around the world. So I want to want to talk about that because I know a lot of people feel like they've got wisdom, experience, value to share and bring to the world, but they don't necessarily know one how to package that up for themselves and deliver it to others. So I know we'll yep. talk a little bit more about that stuff. But when it came to Philosopher's Notes, talk to me about how this passion for wisdom and for learnings and for optimization for yourself, your mind, your body, your spirit turned into what it turned into, which was so amazing. And I want to know just from your perspective, how it came about and did it, you know, turn into something that you envisioned from day one or did it go into something so much bigger? And how did you evolve and adapt along the way? Right on, dude. Great question. So I had sold my first business. I dropped out of law school when I was 23. Really hard time. You know, top 10 law school. I was going to get a stamp saying I'm a smart guy. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no desire to do that. And then I created my first business um, uh, and then I sold that. And then um, when did I create Philosopher's Notes? It was after my second business. So I sold my second business and then I'm like, all right, 
what do I want to do? And, and how can I get paid to do what I love to do? Like, that was the question. Yeah. And I remember being, I was just obsessing about it. And frankly, I had no, I'm like, how am I going to pull this off? I want to get paid to figure out how to help people improve their lives um, while improving mine and making a difference in the world. And then I was with my now wife on a, like a pre-honeymoon trip, right? We're flying back. We had gone to India and Thailand and Japan, and we're flying back from Tokyo to LA. Um, whatever it is, 40,000 feet in the air. And I open up the Sky Mall to an advertisement for a company that did summaries of business books. This is like 17 years ago. Sound view summary, right? And it was one of those epiphanal moments of, dude, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do summaries for self-development books and model some of the things they're doing that I admire, but not for business books per se. I cover those too, but for self-development books. And that's, that's literally when Philosopher's Notes was born. And the challenge was, all right, let's go create a business out of it where people pay me to distill more wisdom in less time became our mantra yep. um, or our tagline. Um, and I thought I would do 100. I thought I'd do 100 philosopher's notes and kind of check the box, call it a day. Um, I've done 600 and almost 50 of them now. So <laughs> all of the ancient wisdom, stoicism is my favorite flavor of ancient wisdom, all the self-development books you'd expect, the modern science, et cetera. Um, and it just became a way for me to really get clear on what the greatest thinkers across all eras and cultures have to say. But then the challenge was distill it into a meaningful protocol. And this is where the coach program comes in. We're taking the ancient wisdom and modern science, and we've now trained 10,000 people from 100 countries around the world um, to share our protocol to improve their own lives, first and foremost, and then to use the protocol we've developed that has been scientifically proven to work um, to help other people, you know, actualize their potential, activate their heroic potential, as we like to say. But yeah, it's, you know, it started in a discrete project and then with all good things just evolved in ways I couldn't have anticipated. Um, but I'm still doing it, you know, so 50 a year, you know, uh, I'll hit a thousand notes by 2030 and um, just feel blessed to do it. And uh, learning every single day, you know, the more you learn, the more you realize, all right, there's still so much more. Yeah. Um, but also feel like I got a pretty good handle now on uh, what makes sense and, and how to apply it to our lives, you know? Absolutely. I know that when learning is such a, is a humbling process, right? Because as much as you continue to learn and grow yourself, you also realize and discover that there's still so much to be left uncovered. I really respect and appreciate the way you tackle distilling, you know, large bodies of work down into the real meat and potatoes. Mm share a little bit about maybe your your practice and, and your secret yep. sauce for when you go in and, and how you dissect, you know, some of these golden nuggets out and how others might be able to, you know, implement similar practices in their own educational learning journey. That's so good, dude. I'm going to grab a book. I'm in my little studio office. Yeah, here, dude, right? please. I'm going to grab a book I'm working on literally right now. Um, I mean, I could grab a ton more. I'm literally reading this book right now. Philosophy or Stoicism for Dummies. It happens to be written by one of my dear friends, the guy named Tom Morris. I featured him a ton. And my tattoo happens to be in it. So he <laughs> talks about me in the book because to, to segue for a moment, then I'll get back into the book. Parate yeah. is a Greek word. And if you ask the ancient Roman Stoics, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, Epictetus, et cetera, how to live a good life, they would have answered you in a single word. They would have said, live with Arte. 
So we translate it as virtue or excellence, but it means something closer to being your best self, moment to moment to moment. And I like to say, if you're capable of being this and you're actually being that and there's a gap, it's in that gap in which regret, anxiety, disillusionment exists. And anyone listening to this show who has achieved the success you've achieved, it's because you lived with art. It's because you consciously or unconsciously knew how to show up and disciplined yourself to show up and do your best moment to moment to moment. Not perfectly, but more consistently than many people. And that's that's why you achieve the success you achieved. Now, we can talk about that more. But anyway, so I'm reading this book. Um, and basically, a philosopher's note, when I read a book, it's archaeological. I don't read a book passively. So I'm not, oh, that's interesting. Let me just think about, you know, that's fun read. I'm reading it like literally digging for ideas that I can apply to my life and that I can share with other people. And I call those ideas that can change your life. And every book has three, five, maybe 10 of them. Um, The great ones, maybe more. But I call those big ideas, the sections you asterisk, underline, mark all up, fold the page over on. And that's literally what I'm doing. So if you look at my copy of this book, you'll see tons of underlines and asterisks and pages folded over. And I know I'm going to go back through and I pull those out and I put them into the philosopher's note, which is now in our app. And you can print it out as a six page PDF if you want. And then I I riff on them. I connect them to other ideas. And then I most importantly kick you in the butt. And I tell you, you already knew this. Are you going to go live it? Today's the day, hero, you know, go out and live it. Um, But I have a very systematic way to do it now. in terms of reading, but the most important thing is just deciding you're going to read, you're going to study, and and then a lot of people have lost the ability to focus their minds. Yeah, and, and you know, audiobooks are cool for a lot of people. It's not really my thing, but I respect that as a pathway. But I think simply dedicating yourself to that constant learning, and all I do is read books. I don't listen to podcasts. I don't you know, watch YouTube videos. I don't watch TED Talks. I read books. And everybody's got their own style. Yeah. But that's kind of my style. Um, and uh, again, most people don't have the time to read the books they want to read. Um, and they get, you know, a lot of value out of the notes, both to to get the ideas, but then to also find the books that they want to go deeper into. Final thing, knowing that we're talking about real high performers, um, John Mackey, who yeah. Uh, founder, CEO of Whole Foods, um, has been a fan of the notes forever. Um, and that's what he loves most about Heroic, which he calls, again, in his words, the best self-development app in the world, largely because he loves the notes. So, you know, leaders are readers is kind of a truism, but it's true. So that's uh, that's kind of philosopher's notes. And um I appreciate you bringing it up. And I appreciate that that was our original connection. And I'm curious, dude. So like, which which notes did you like the most back in the day? I don't know if you're still into it. Oh, man, there's so many. I'd have to go back through because what I would do is I would take your notes and put them into my notes and then make notes on your notes. Yeah, so my, awesome. ever, my ever note, I've got a full channel of philosopher's notes just of yours. Oh so there's dozens and dozens of them in uh. there. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And then play with the parenting dude, Carol Dweck. Yeah. So the more I talk about this, Carol Dweck, her books and my notes on her books, that's my number one parenting resource. Growth mindset, but the specific wisdom in mindset and in self theories. Mm. Um, my son's now 11, you know, and, and I feel like I'm finally able to like 
be a real dad. He's into chess. And so we're talking about a lot of these ideas, but it's been really powerful to see how much her work has influenced my and our my wife's parenting. But just as a fun aside, that's that's uh, up there with my my favorites. I love that. I was going to ask you how you decide what you want to lean into and create notes on. What you know? Do you look for what qualifies? Is it based on personal desires and interests? Is it what you think your community needs? How do you kind of? narrowed down with such a broad, expansive world of knowledge out there, what you think is important to go in and distill? Yeah, it's a mixture of all those things. But I I never read a book unless I want to read the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things I learned at an early age is I don't, I don't, I'm all in. I'm either a neuron or I'm firing or I'm not, you know, it's like, I got to be interested. I got to be hooked. And Joseph Campbell, the great mythologist who talks about the hero's journey says, don't read bestsellers lists, read what grabs you mm. and then read everything that author has written and then read everything that that author was inspired by. And that's really been my strategy is oh, I'll, I'll find an author who I resonate like Joseph Campbell or whoever. And then boom, I want to read more of their stuff. And then they're referencing different books. Boom. I'm going to go read their stuff. And it becomes this um, coherent kind of um uh, through line. Um, but the Stoics, I'm a huge fan of Stoicism. So that's kind of, there's been a, a number of books coming out in the last couple of years, but, uh, you know, dozens of the best books on Stoicism. I also love modern science. So that the positive psychology, you know, whether it's Angela Duckworth's Grit or Carol Dweck or Martin Seligman, I want to understand what science has proven which frankly is almost always common sense, but when they've proven it with empirical data, that's meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I kind of go from there. Um, so it's, yeah, those are some of the variables. But then when I get in, I'm in. And yeah. uh, just kind of have fun seeing how quickly I can I can master the content and spit it back out. So I know you get this question all the time, but of the the, I see a lot of wise, old, and modern faces behind you, what's the meaning of that wall to you? And, and, and who speaks to you on that wall the most and means the most to you? Yeah, so I got 15 heroes. You can see 10 of them. I got another row above, and then I got a whole other wall. They're kind of framing my whiteboard um, in the office studio here. But um, those are some of my favorite heroes, you know? And, and company is Heroic Public Benefit Corporation. Um, one of the ancient Stoics practices was to imagine your ideal sage and then to imagine that they're watching you all day mm. and to live a life worthy of their, and kind of accountable to their observation. So I got two of my favorite heroes kind of um, flanking me, Epictetus and Marcus Aurelius, the great Stoic teacher, the great Stoic leader. Those are my two kind of most iconic heroes that I aspire to embody qualities of. Um, I got Churchill, I got my coach, Phil Stutz, um, who's had the deepest influence on me, hands down. Um, Phil is in a documentary called Stutz on Netflix with another one of his clients named Jonah Hill. He and I have done 400 and nearly 50 one-on-one coaching sessions. Wow. Beautiful man. Uh, and then I got Eisenhower. We do some work we're proud of with the military. Um, he represents, you know, invasion of D-Day, West Point, that kind of thing. Eleanor Roosevelt, after whom we named my daughter, Eleanor, um, and then my son, Emerson, and my wife's behind me. And then I got my own heroic portrait. When you join our team, we ask you to share a portrait of yourself that captures you at your best. Then we create a heroic portrait of you 
Then we commit to creating the environment through which you can show up as that best self. And then we challenge you to show up as that best self. So the basic idea is you're the hero we've been waiting for. We're not going to solve historically significant challenges, sitting around complaining about things, blaming different people. We each need to step up and be the best, most heroic version of ourselves. And that wall kind of symbolizes that for me. That's beautiful. I love that. Staying in proximity to people that inspire you, motivate you, hold you accountable to being the most heroic version of yourself, right? It reminds me of a conversation I had with one of my mentors who said, you know, if, if, if the most admired CEO in your world were to come into your business and follow you around every day, would they promote you, demote you, or fire you? And just, wow. just that level of awareness and accountability around how I was moving and operating through the day, it was a, it was a trigger, a subconscious and conscious thing to keep my awareness up to at least make the next right decision or to perform and yep. operate at a level that I'd be proud and that was aligned with the standards and values of the company and the mission. And I love that you have that in your world, right, of anchoring something that has your accountability and awareness elevated beyond what most people who are kind of just skating through life and, you know, going through life on a daily basis don't necessarily create for themselves in their physical environment. Dude, that's brilliant. And then I got on this wall, Steve Jobs and John Mackey, two of my favorite kind of CEOs. But I think that there's that, that that's an amazing frame. Are they going to, you know, promote you, demote you, fire you? And then also, I'd go to them for wisdom. Well, what would you do mm. in this situation? How would you approach it? You know, and that's another really powerful practice. Um, but yeah, I love it, dude. And what a great, great perspective from your mentor. So cool. Talk a little bit about where Philosopher's Notes created this inspiration for now what many people are calling is the the next coming of the best educational and self, you know, personal development community and platform. How did how did that idea and this idea now executed on birth into what is heroic? Yeah, iteratively. Uh one of the 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 uh my most prized possession is my my uh, in terms of non-family stuff is is my stack of notes from my sessions with Phil Stutz. I have a photocopy of the first page on my desk and I stare at I literally study it every day. Mm. We could talk about the first page of notes uh from the first session for a weekend. I'm, like, I'm very intrigued on what's on that. If it's, if it's bumps, real estate on your desk, it's got to be impactful. I, I mean, yeah. It, it basically, he taught me the laws of action, right? And the first law is speed is a force. Mm. The longer you wait between inspiration and clarity and action, the more your confidence erodes. So again, he works with some of the most elite Hollywood performers and directors and all these other people. And when I first met him and I interviewed him, he said, look, my clients get more done before you get up than you're going to get done in a week. They have a relationship with time that is different than the normal person. They squeeze the juice out of life and their focus and speed is a force. So that's one of his principal ideas. And then the right below that is action drives creativity. And so the process of being engaged in action is going to inform what the next best step is. You can't, the metaphor he uses is if you want to start a donut store, you don't sit there and like calculate, well, this many glazed and powdered and whatever. You open the store and you see what people are buying, how many glazed and powdered, and then you adjust to that or whatever. But if you wait until you get it all figured out, you're never opening the store. Right. Action drives creativity. Now, I share that in this context because Philosopher's Notes was like the kernel 
And as I started studying all of these different books, um, I realized that they were saying the same thing. And then I started creating classes in which I distilled the thing they were talking about. So if I wanted to study confidence or purpose or goal setting or nutrition or movement or relationships, I'd study all the best books in that subject, write the notes on it, and then I'd create a 101 masterclass on it, 60 minutes, 10 ideas, boom, here you go. So I did you know, 500 philosopher's notes, and then I did 50 classes like that. And then people started asking for me to create a program where I can train them on this stuff. And again, one iteration after another, it, one thing became another. The coach program became a thing. Um, and then I was a hermit. You know, All I did was read and write and teach. I didn't even use my smartphone for like a year or two. I didn't use email. Cal Newport talked about me and how I ran the business without using email, a multi-million dollar business without using email, like was part of his book, A World Without Email. And then I woke up on election night, um, politics aside, we've served people at the highest level. And it was one of those moments of we can do better, you know, like 2020, like, all right. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of the, the challenges we're facing are kind of byproducts of a lot of the technology we're using. So the attention economy that is talked about in the documentary, The Social Dilemma, yeah. it's a real thing, you know? Anyway, so um, on election night, I realized someone needs to create, have you seen the documentary, The Social Dilemma on Netflix? Uh, yeah, I was. That was yeah. What's, it's intense, you know? Yeah. And I had built and sold two of those platforms. And even I found that remarkable, you know? Um, anyway, I woke up, decided... Uh, I had been waiting for 18 years since I sold my last platform for someone to create an alternative to Facebook. And it became a moment of, all right, well, I guess that's someone's me. So that's when Heroic was was kind of um, founded, came out of the hermitage, raised the money we discussed. And I've been working on that for the last three years. So now it's kind of an integration of all of these ideas and, and uh, you know, continues to iterate. But um, that's, again, a long answer to your question. But that's how Philosopher's Notes kind of uh, triggered and, and sparked all these other ideas. Such a cool launching pad that, you know, birthed something even more impactful or equally as impactful. To be able to touch 10,000 people in such a short period of time all across the globe. Talk about how this idea became a real business and how you went to getting it out in front of so many people. Because one of the quotes that stands out to me in your book that I really loved was, what one can be, one must be. And, and there's so many people that I think we all feel that there's a little bit better in us. There's a little bit more of an optimized, more purposeful, more intentional, more impactful version of ourselves. And some people are pursuing that obsessively every single day. They're in crisis to get to that next level. And others are kind of just sitting back and they want it, but they're not going after it. So talk about how you guys have found a way to get this into the hands of so many people that really want and desire that? And maybe what do you think is holding back some of the other people? And what do you say to them? Yeah, I mean, in the in the early days, it was just, frankly, sheer hustle. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've always worked hard. But in particular, then it was like, all right, cool, you know, and we blessed to have, I don't know, 200 and something thousand YouTube subscribers now and podcast, you know, 20 million views and 15 million downloads on the podcast, but just a lot of content and just you know, my obsession um, with trying to astonish, like my, my business premise is you got to astonish. So how do you deliver as much value as you can? 
um, and truly have people look at what you're doing and say, wow, that's the best investment. We only charge a hundred bucks for the heroic, you know, an annual subscription to the app. And I want people to say, I'd pay 10 times that. Perfect. We're delivering the value we want. Um, and we've been blessed to been, to been told we've created that. Um, and now, you know, with each stage of the business, you're kind of reinventing who you are and what you need to do to 2X and kind of continue to do that. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of hustle at the end of the day. And, yeah. and, and hopefully we've created some value and now it's just getting better at that. And then our business is going from direct to consumer to we're doing more corporate work, um, some stuff with the military, some stuff with sports organizations, you know, and just finding that, that kind of value spot um at each of our iteration points has been fun and uh yeah at the, at the end of the, at the end of the day though my obsession is with my consciousness our team's consciousness and your consciousness so whoever's listening to this my my main thing i try to get across is you and your consciousness who you are is your business's greatest asset full stop the version of you that is truly showing up powerfully in your energy work and love will always outperform the version of you that isn't. I mean, that's just an obvious truth. So then the question is, are you investing the proper amount of time and energy in being your best self? And oh, by the way, the money you're making, the business you're running, isn't that important in the big picture. It's a way for you to show up as your best self, creating value in your business, but deepening your personal relationships and becoming a better human being and you want to make sure you're playing that game right. Mm. And this is Stephen Covey. You know, you get to the top of a ladder and you look around and you realize you put it up against the same wall, against the wrong wall, you know? So ambitious guys like us, um, the danger is, uh, you know, David Brooks's second mountain. He puts it a different way, but says, says the same thing. You get to the top of the first mountain, you make all the money, you get all the accolades and you look around and you're like, really? This is it? So there's a second mountain to life that those of us who have lived enough, uh, gone around the sun enough times know, and anyone listening to this knows, uh, all right, but what's the real ultimate game? And that's the essence of my work. The essence of the book is play that game at the highest level, be your best self, um, and continue to play and win the other games, but don't forget the ultimate game. Um, and that's kind of the, the main, most important thing that I've picked up and that I'm now trying to um, concretize and, and teach and all that good stuff. I love that because you you talk about it in the book, but for those that haven't read the book yet, like what is the ultimate game? We're all playing some game and it's, you know, contextually different for a lot of people based on their circumstances, where they're at in life, you know, some of their physical or mental hurdles or challenges that might be holding them back. But like in your um thesis of the ultimate game like how do you explain that to people and why does it matter to them yeah um the ultimate game in my mind is, is that's the ultimate question so it's a 2500 year old challenge all of the ancient wisdom traditions and faith traditions this is what they attempted to solve so for 2500 years we've grappled with that question is all right what's the ultimate purpose of life and one of the ways I like to frame it up is if you asked Aristotle as a proxy for ancient wisdom and Martin Seligman as a proxy for modern science, what the ultimate game of life is, they'd give you the exact same one word answer. So Aristotle would say it's eudaimonia, right? It's the summum bonum, the greatest good of, of the ancient world, Greeks, Stoics, eudaimonia. That word means good soul. 
right? So to be your best self, essentially, is the ultimate summum bonum of life. Now, we translate eudaimonia in the English as to flourish. That's the name of Martin Seligman, the leading positive psychologist and scientist's latest book. Mm. So same exact answer. Modern science, ancient wisdom. The purpose of life is to flourish. Then you follow up with, well, how do I do that? And Aristotle would tell you, in a single word, you live with Arte. Close the gap. Be your best self. Not once in a while when you feel like it, but moment to moment to moment. When you do that, you feel a deep sense of joy and meaning and purpose. When you don't, whether that's in your energy, your work, or your love, there's a gap. And it's in that gap where all the negative emotions you don't want to experience, you experience. Anyway, that's the ultimate game, is to live with virtue, to be your best self. Now, when you do that, you tend to win all the smaller games. And it doesn't mean the other games aren't important. Uh, They are. But they're a context through which you win the ultimate game. And those challenges you set in business for my son sets for chess, he wants to be a grandmaster in chess. Nice. Perfect. That game is great. But let's win the ultimate game. Who do you need to be to become that? Mm. Then we'll use chess as a game that makes you a better human being, which is the ultimate game. Um, And if we don't get that right and we get myopically focused on the game we think is the most important, we may achieve success in that but fail to win the ultimate game and wonder what's missing. So there's this beauty in stepping back a little bit, playing this game really well, and you tend to experience the joy that you might be missing while doing even better in this game, but having an integrated life. When you're showing up, you're feeling energized, productive, and very importantly, if not most importantly, connected to your loved ones and to your sense of self and, and who you aspire to be. It's such a great way of explaining it because I I think it will just keep it in the lane of of wealth building. I know so many people that have absolutely crushed the game of business and wealth building, but they have, you know, estranged partnerships with their spouses. They're barely connected with their kids. They're unhealthy and they're really kind of unhappy, but they crushed it in business and they crushed it in making money. But the fact that you, you kind of, equate stepping out of, you know, the the thing and the vehicle that ultimately is what our most optimized version by playing the right game allows us to win that game in a much more healthy and impactful manner is, is such a cool way of explaining it. And you talk a lot about eight heroic virtues, and, I, and we don't have to get into all of them, but what would you say are one or two of the most maybe important and impactful ones that people should be really thinking about how those tie into the day-to-day of their lives. Yeah, so the the cardinal virtues of, again, Stoicism in particular, but ancient Greece, and then generalizable to all traditions, are wisdom, discipline, love, and courage. So wisdom and discipline are basically the two most fundamental. So wisdom is what we're talking about. You got to know the ultimate game, and you got to know how to play it well. Discipline is you got to do the things you know you should be doing. you got to move from theory to practice. Nothing we have talked about thus far and will talk about is particularly new. It's pretty much all common sense. The question is, can you make common sense common practice? That takes wisdom and discipline. And then love is important because at the end of the day, many say that is a good life, is deep, deep connection to yourself and those around you. Um, and the good news is for the hyper-ambitious who may have succeeded in wealth creation and, and fallen a little short on the other side, You've proven you have what it takes to do whatever you want to do. You just didn't quite have the right frame. Mm. Put the ladder on the right wall and go climb up that thing. But you have the ability, unquestionably. 
you'll get in the best energetic shape of your life. You'll get closer to those that you aspire to be closer to, et cetera. But love ultimately is the secret weapon of the hero. And then courage is the willingness to act in the presence of fear. Um, most you know, entrepreneurs, and particularly the successful um, among us, know how to move through fear and find, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable, et cetera. But when we combine the wisdom with the discipline and then integrate the love and the courage, I mean, that's the good life. That's one step down from Arte. So Arte is the meta virtue. Those are the cardinal virtues. And then in any given moment, the question is, well, what do you need more of? And then do you have the wisdom to ask that question and the discipline to do what you need to get done, what needs to get done? And boom, that, that's, that applies to every aspect of your life. Um, and it's how I frame everything up in, in, uh, in the book, in our coach program, everything we do. Yeah. And we'll, we'll link all of that up guys in uh, the show notes at millionermindcast.com on Brian's episode. Brian, what do you say to the youth that are struggling today? How does your work stoicism tie into some of the challenges that younger generations are facing and navigating in today's world? Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast and trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. I'll tell you what, the, the highest praise I've gotten, and I've got some testimonials for the book that make me blush, right? But the, the ones that I'm most proud of are um, from dads whose kids, like an 11-year-old kid of a, of a military commanding officer had the book, um, weekend you know, soccer tournament, and his 11-year-old son found it in his, in his car. He was going to read it during breaks. Found it in the car, stole it from him, stayed up late on Saturday night reading the first 100 pages. Um, so the book's written in a really pithy conversational style in and out. Um, but I think that uh, stoicism obviously has become more and more powerful. This idea of being your best self, whether it's expressed through Jocko Willink or David Goggins, there's, a, there's an appeal to this because yeah. it just makes sense. There's a practical wisdom to it. Um, and I, I see the next generation, they're hungry for this, you know, and if you can give them a, a not just palatable, but like engaging, exciting way to approach this content. Um, 
uh, it's very inspiring. But I think we all, especially those who are, you know, the next generation, we want to live great, noble, heroic lives. That that's like that's a that's a fundamental human drive. Like yeah. this is why when you go to any movie featuring a hero, why do you watch those movies? Because they're showing you what you're capable of being. You know, and so that story of you're the hero we've been waiting for. And oh, by the way, here are some practical tools you can use to be that hero. Um, I think is universally resonant. And again, there's a spectrum. You're gonna have critics, you're gonna have cynics, you're gonna have nihilists. Perfect. I'm not talking to them yet. We're ready for them when they're ready. But those of us who are inclined to listen to shows like this and to do our best in service to something bigger than ourselves, um, you know, it's exciting to be able to meet them and and to to make the best better is one of the things that 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 you know um, we're committed to doing, and and it's super fun to help people make little little tweaks, subtle but significant shifts over and over again. By the way, yeah, because when you really get into it, you realize. I haven't done anything yet. You know, like what can I do when I truly show up as my best self more consistently? And it all becomes a, a, you know, a really fun game. So I've been obsessed with personal development. I think my mom dragged me to my first personal development conference when I was 12 years old. I'm 35 now. Um, And I've been obsessed with it ever since I went to that first event because I have put in the work and I know what results I get out of it. And last year I had an exit. And I had more money than I knew what to do with. And I almost felt a little lost. And I almost felt a little disenfranchised with personal development. Like, what do you, one, have you ever experienced that? And what do you say to the people that feel like they're doing the work, but they've plateaued or they've lost that zest or energy to kind of lean back in? Have you experienced that? And maybe what do you say to people that might be experiencing some of these personal development burnouts? Yeah, to me, it comes back to the first and second mountain metaphor. You know, you can only achieve so much extrinsic success before you check enough boxes and you're like, all right, that's cool. And there's, again, there's nothing inherently wrong with all kind of extrinsic measures of success. But at the end of the day, um, you know, there's more to life. And I think that 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 true purpose-driven, what are you really here to do um, question is never going to go away. But then there's just the natural evolution too. Of So you're a hero on a quest and a good life is one hero's journey after another. So you take risks, you leave the zone of the known into the uncomfortable dark forest, you fight your dragons, you win, you learn, you win, you learn, boom, right? Exit, then you return to the world transformed. You're a different person. Mm-hmm. That's often the hardest part of the journey. So you want to embrace that. That's wisdom, knowing that's part of our evolutionary cycle. But now you're going to be called back to the next level version of you, and you're going to need to continue to reinvent yourself. Um, and that's exciting, but you're going to need to be willing to lean back into that discomfort. And uh, the, the challenge here is when you think that you should be done, Right. So now I'm going to pack my bags and I'm going to go retire for the rest of my life. We, the human beings are not created to do that. Yeah. One of my favorite stories, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Be Useful, his new book, which is one of my newest philosopher's notes. Right. He tells the story of Sir Edmund Hillary, first guy to summit Mount Everest. Right. So he goes up to the summit of Everest. He comes down and people say, well, what was the view like? Right. Logical question. Wow, you're yeah. at the top of the world. Like, what? Tell us about the view. What Sir Edmund Hillary said was, 
oh my God, the view is amazing. I saw another peak that I'd never imagined summiting before. And I could see how I might be able to do it. So he's at the top of the world already thinking about the next summit he's going to go dominate. And Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, who wrote the book Flow, in another book called Creativity, says exactly that. He says the best among us are constantly seeing the next highest summit. And that we evolved, we're creatively built to see that. So Mm. that's what I would say is congratulations on all the success. Perfect. Day one. What do you want? What's your next target? How are you going to stretch yourself? Set the target, set the game such that you need to become the person that can fulfill that. And I think as we as we iterate in our evolution, um, goosebumps, we realize that a good life is just one of those journeys after another, obviously concurrent with different aspects of our lives. Um, but that arises for me and congratulations on the exit. That's a fantastic. <laughs> Let's go. What are your thoughts on the work done in silence and, and done, you know, kind of by yourself and work done within a community and a group? I think there's a, t- a place for both of them. I'm just curious on how you practice that in your own world. Cause I know you obviously have your, your, your framework and your systems for how you do what you do. And a lot of you know, uh, development and growth individually, but then I know you facilitate and create this for others and and community formats with you know obviously the yep. platform and the app um, with events and and how you participate in some of that stuff yourself in your own worlds. Like, what are your beliefs on kind of the individual practices versus the group, the community aspects, and how those synergistically tie together? Yeah, great question. Um, I think it all starts with the individual. We need to be showing up clean, leading ourselves first, et cetera. And then strategically and creatively, um, to me, it's always yes and. But I'm, I'm, my number one job is to connect to the best version of myself, to connect to that, that version of me that does my best work, right? So your daimon in ancient Rome, that was called your genius. Everyone had a guiding spirit. You weren't a genius. Everyone had a genius, a mm. guiding spirit. And your job is to connect to that and let that do your job, right? So, you know, I'm rigorous in my, my eating, my moving, my sleeping to get myself in that state. But then practically speaking, I break my day up into AM and PM bookends like Darren Hardy talks about. Yeah. So we have more control over our AM and our PM than we do the middle of our day. Yeah. But every single morning, first, today started yesterday is a big part of my approach. So how you ended your day and whether you got enough sleep to wake up energized is the most important part of today is last night. So today started yesterday for me. I got eight hours and 40 minutes of sleep or something. I slept great. I'm in bed for nine hours and 30 minutes. I train like an athlete and I train my recovery so I can wake up feeling great. Um, Then I meditate for 15 to 30 minutes. I journal, I reflect, and I do the most important thing by myself before I allow any inputs in. And my playful thing is if that's all I did, I'd get more done after that period of time than the old me would have gotten done ever. Yeah. And it would have been higher level and more more productive because it was what needed to get done. So you got to be proactive before you're reactive is how Stephen Covey put it, habit number one. That's how I structure my days. Started yesterday, I'm waking up energized, I get my mind right, and then I do the most important thing. And then, you know, these days, then my day blows up. All right, cool. I got this meeting, that meeting, this podcast, that podcast. Perfect. Um, and there's that, you know, beautiful dynamic balance where you're kind of a little bit too far that way, a little bit too far this way. 
Um, but that's how I structure it. Then I end my day. Ending your day, deciding when you're going to end your day is, I think, one of the most important business decisions you're going to make. So I'm done at five in the winters, right? And then it's time for the family recover. I go to bed early and I do it again. Um, so I think that's that's how I frame it up. AM, PM bookends. Um, and then you combine the individual connection to the vision, the strategy, the execution with the teamwork makes the dream work. You know, you got to do it in community. Um, and that sounds like it's clean. It's not. It's a mess. But that's that's the basic idea of how I try to approach it. <laughs> right, right. So I want to make sure we have a, a couple minutes to talk about Heroic and everything people can expect in that platform, in the community, and, and ultimately what they can get out of it selfishly. Um, and then maybe we can wrap up with, instead of you sharing some of your favorite insights or practices in your own world, I would love to maybe give you some categories and you tell me who your favorite teacher is that you got the most out of. And then maybe people will have to go find those philosopher's notes. And uh, I love it, dude. Wherever you want to go. That's great. So, so talk about Heroic. Somebody goes to, and we'll we'll link it up in the in the um, the show notes. But somebody goes there. Who who is this ideally for, and what are they going to get on the other side of the platform? Yep. So heroic is, and I'm actually looking. Can you see that? Did that yeah, come through? Very cool. Okay, cool. So there we go. So then this is um, get you out of my text. Uh, this is the app heroic. You can find it in your iOS, Android app stores, um, as you'd expect. Um, just search for heroic. We're the training platform. Um, it is, we got a lot of different content here, but we have theory and then practice and then mastery. So theory is where you can find the philosopher's notes. Um, 664. Oh, that's amazing. I'm past 650. All right, cool. 664 of the best books. We talked about, you know, some books on stoicism, which is one of my favorite subjects. Um, you know, habit creation, atomic habits, dude. That's that's the best-selling book in the world right now for a reason. Self-development is yeah. phenomenal. The art and science of behavioral change. So you can find philosopher's notes, you can find the 101 classes. Um, and then we've got a ton of other things. My wife does daily meditations. Um, we've got basic training, some of the most elite uh commanding officers in the military have gone through this more than once. Where I distill all the ideas we're talking about. The book is basically that in a book form. Um, and then we've got practical tools like a habit tracker, but for identities, virtues, and targets. So we move way past just simple habits. I want to know who you are at your best in your energy, work, and love. You create an identity, and then you do the things that version of you does when you're at your best. So my identity and energy is I'm a disciplined, soft, special operations forces. We're blessed to do some work with that community. Athlete. I want to show up like that every day, training like a world-class athlete. So I'm in bed for nine to 10 hours. I meditate every morning. And I've got a list of things I do when I'm at my best. And I do them every single day. Mm. So the challenge in life, as I see it, is you got to make your prior best your new baseline. So if you've achieved a certain level of success, why'd you give it up? Yeah. Go back to when you're at your best in your energy, your work, and your love and then systematically install those habits and never give them up. So these are the things I do. I just told you about, you know, I, I, I'm focused on what's important now, when, right? I do, you know, vision journaling every day for three minutes. Science says that's the most robust way to boost your hope. Perfect. I'm creative before I'm reactive. I do deep work and I do a bunch of other things. 
And then I do the same thing in love. Anyway, that's some of what is in the app. Um, and I appreciate you asking. And uh, that's kind of a, a super quick overview. So cool, man. I, it reminds me of, uh, I like to use the word weaponized. And when I'm dangerous and weaponized, I feel like I can conquer and tackle anything, right? It's that flow state. You know, there's obviously a lot of different um, ways of labeling that, but it's, it's for a lot of people, they just don't know when they're weaponized. I think we could all think back and go, oh man, yeah, that actually, in that season, I was crushing my marriage and I was eating clean and I was sleeping well and I was showing up for my kids and I was being a good leader and I was, right? Like, but most people don't have that awareness. And so I love what you guys are doing is you're a platform while you give all the tools. You guys are such an amazing awareness platform that gives people and empowers people with an ability to make the next right choice that's aligned with the outcomes that they desire. And most people are just so dang busy and they don't have a right framework or a tool that gives them that space to go in and do that work. So we'll be sure to link all of um, the information up for you guys to check out heroic brian all the great stuff that he's got going on um that being said brian you ready if i uh, ask you a few different categories hey, let's go. tell me who your favorite uh individual or individuals might be um in that space who's impacted you the most when it came to your marriage great question uh two groups of people or two individuals john gottman the seven principles for making marriage work this guy can bring people into a lab and predict which couple will get divorced with 91% accuracy after watching him for like 20, 30 minutes. So that guy, John Gottman, we got a note on him. And two of my friends, James and Susie Pawelski, who wrote a book called Happy Together on the science of virtuous relationships. They're brilliant. So those would be the two biggest influences. Um, and then just the practice, dude, you know? <laughs> No greater spiritual or philosophical practice than being married. I don't know about you, but 18 years in, let's go. (laughs) Right. And how long have you and your wife been together? 18 years. Yeah. In April. That's awesome, man. I love that. Uh, What about your kids? Who's helped you elevate your dad game? Carol Dweck, by far. We talked about this a little bit, but Carol Dweck um, wrote a book called Mindset. Growth Mindset versus Fixed Mindset. Teaching your kids to embrace mistakes right? And to really get excited about hard things um, and celebrating their effort, not their skill or their talent. I've never once said, oh, you're so smart. That's how you can do that. Oh, you work so hard. And I have done that relentlessly. Anytime I make a mistake, oh, I made a mistake. Shoot, I was almost the first perfect human being. We all laugh. (laughs) So she's been huge. Carol Dweck, um, God bless her, Angela Duckworth, Grit, et cetera. But those are my my big influences there. Who has helped you elevate your leadership, Lid? Great question. The embodiment, John Mackey, conscious leadership, conscious capitalism. Um, he's one of my favorite um, living heroes as a integration of an iconoclastic CEO, building Whole Foods, et cetera. Um, Lead Yourself First is a great book as well. Um the leadership challenge, we've got it. It's one of my favorite subjects. We've got leadership one-on-one. I've got a ton of books on that. Um, I picked up things from everybody. John Maxwell, of course, has to yep. be in that conversation. Um, yeah, those are some people. What about, I know wellness and nutrition health is such an expansive, you know, kind of ecosystem, but who comes to mind in that world for you? 
Same thing. I mean, so many different people at so many different iterations. I yeah. have done everything nutritionally um, and frankly, movement-wise. Would you consider yourself a biohacker? I consider myself a lover of wisdom, a philosopher of which, yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand how your, your physiology is driving your psychology. Yeah. But hacking implies that there are hacks. I'm a much bigger fan of fundamentals. Mm. So I'm a John Wooden guy. You know, no dunks. So just, just give me the basic layup here. You know I, what I mean? Put on yeah. your socks. I've got many John Wooden leadership books, man. So good. Yeah. So, I mean, I do all those things, but but the fundamental like practices, eating, moving, sleeping, it's not sexy. These are mundane things that when you execute them very well, life is very easy. And then the hacks are supplements to the foundation. Um, Joe DeSena comes up. Joe DeSena is a, the founder of Spartan Race, dear friend, soul brother. Um, he transformed me with his Spartan Races, you know, uh, was into those. We've we've had two of the largest, two of the three largest teams in their history. To be one of our coaches, you got to do a Spartan race with us or the equivalent physical challenge. You got to move through obstacles. You got to challenge yourself, get in the best shape of your life if you want to be one of our coaches. Um, so I'd say he has been um, one of my biggest influences on that um, for sure. So cool. All right. I'll wrap it up with uh, of course, our topic of conversation for the podcast generally is around wealth building. I know that means many different things to many different people, but in terms of wealth building, investing, you know, some of the wisest or most impactful people in that space, who comes to mind for you? Easy. And I can give some obvious ones, Dave Ramsey and, and all the others, but um, Eric Butterworth. Eric Butterworth was Maya Angelou's spiritual teacher. He wrote one of Oprah's best all time books. He wrote a book called Spiritual Economics. And his number one principle is don't seek money or material things. Seek the consciousness through which those things will come when and as you need them. Mm. So that's that's my fundamental financial philosophy and wealth creation strategy is create the ultimate wealth, which is your consciousness, your ability to show up as your best self. You do that. Again, you're winning the ultimate game. And then you go set material goals and you follow all the crafts craftsman's, you know, um, techniques, yeah. whether you're an entrepreneur or a real estate investor or whatever, that's a given. You got to master that. But this is it. When you do that, again, you tell me with whom you want to do deals. The most energized, productive, connected, cool human being or the grumpy, frumpy, whatever. Like, yeah. this guy's going to win that deal every time, you know? So um, anyway, Butterworth and that, that perspective um, is really, really powerful for me. That's beautiful, man. Well, I got to just wrap up by saying you are, there's a lot of messengers out there, um, but not everybody lives their message. And you're one of those individuals that I have followed for a long time that uh, is a, you know, a living, breathing uh, messenger who lives their message. The video matches the audio. And I've got so much respect for people like that and specifically you. And just want to say thank you so much, man, for coming on the show and dropping some wisdom and you know, guys, there's so much more value that Brian and his amazing team and company and community has to offer. So be sure to check out Philosopher's Notes, Heroic. Uh, are you on social media a lot? I don't think you're on social very much. Dude, my team does all that. I haven't, I don't know. I, Instagram, shoot, I got to log in to see that. My team does all that. But, you know, the, the vision is we, we're creating our own platform. But but yeah, I'm on all the normal channels. Heroic Brian, I think, is where they have me. Um, okay. Man, I appreciate you. That was super fun. I appreciate you, your energy, the fact that we've been connected for this long and just how you're framing up what it really means to be a uh, a millionaire in every sense, you know, and creating yeah. that true, substantive, um, deep and broad wealth um, while winning all the games. So thank you for having me. 
thanks for uh, you know creating such a great uh, conversation. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're also gonna get entered in to win a $100 gift card. Don't forget to share this episode out with somebody else that may need to hear it or may get some value from what was talked about in today's interview. And for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey, you want to unlock more financial freedom, you want to get more time back, or maybe you just want to level up your life, your business, your finances, be sure to head over to millionairemindcast.com and check out all the amazing products and resources that we have for our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, downloads and checklists, the Rich Life Planner for those of you looking to take your goal setting and productivity to the next level. We've got all kinds of great, valuable tools. So be sure to check those out at millionairemindcast.com. And last but not least, if you're not on my weekly text letter and you want to be the first to know of exclusive updates and offers in addition to behind the scenes access to a lot of the stuff that I'm doing that I'm investing in, be sure to join by texting the word notes to 844-447-1555. With that being said, thanks for listening today. Until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.